too much of a good thing can be wonderful, said Mae West, a Hollywood star. And I do agree. She also apparently said an orgasm a day will keep a doctor away. But before we go into orgasms, I'd like to cover turn on and that good thing, that 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 arousal part of the things. So really, how do we make our lives wonderful by being turned on on a daily basis? And and uh, what makes us individually turned on? And what does tantric sex say about turn on? So uh, this is Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this podcast uh, called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. And it's my utmost honor to welcome my two guests today for this episode. Francisca, welcome back. Hello, thank you. <laughs> so lovely to have you back. And Jean, thank you for coming. Hi, Anne. I'm so glad to be here. You're so welcome. So first of all, I'd like to invite us to um, to create or co-create this safe space where we can discuss anything about turn on, whether it's personal lifting experience or whether it's something that is more coming from the wisdom that you've gathered throughout your life. And especially I would like to invite us to discuss it on the tantric sex point of view, maybe even classical tantra, because Jin, you are definitely, definitely an expert on that. So first of all, I would like to do a little process if you like just you know if you if you're feeling also listeners if you're there uh wanting to do this exercise it's a it's an open invitation to you too but to you too Jean and Francisca if you would close your eyes and just feel into your body and just take that awareness into your sensations i'm really inviting you to feel what you're feeling in your body and what that sensation is. For instance, at the moment I'm feeling, and I, I'm I'm really quite excited about this, I'm feeling tingliness in my vulva. And it's that kind of oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it makes me laugh every time I I feel that tingliness in my vulva and it kind of starts spreading like a Oh, like there is this expansion into my womb space and my lower belly. And oh, it's it's starting to kind of become alive, you know, isn't it? You know, there is that kind of sensation. And if I let that, if I breathe into that, I can feel it starting to spread into my heart space and kind of opening my heart as well and feeling... There is kind of a, yeah, I suppose it's like an expansion, really. And it feels quite comfortable to be here today with you two. So I wonder if either of you would be willing to share how you're feeling at the moment in your bodies. What's present for you right now? Yeah, um, happy to share as Dean here. I was feeling. A lot of buzzing sensations on my feet, legs, and sides. Yeah. And also a little bit of lightness in my head. So it 
it was a very good balance for me. <laughs> Feel both at the top and at the bottom. Beautiful. Thank you. So it's more like that, you know, earthy groundedness as well as the the consciousness in your head. Would would that be correct? Uh it feels pretty balanced. Yeah. And I feel a little bit uh, you know, I definitely feel grounded at the bottom. But the lightness in my head, uh, I would say it's an indication of, of having a conversation here and knowing that the conversation will be will be heard by many people. Yeah, it just brings brings buzziness, you know, the buzzing sensations to my head. That's a lovely, lovely definition. Thank you so much for correcting me. You know, that's that's beautiful. Francisca, what? Would you be willing to share? You don't have to if you don't want to. Oh, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> I felt the same as you did, actually. I felt this this heat, these bubbles, sprinkles in my pussy. I'm going to call it pussy. And then I, with the breath, I try to bring it up to your heart. So thank you for mentioning the heart. And so I could bring it up and feel the expansion, the warmth. And then I feel like sparkles and sprinkles all over. <laughs> Yahoo. That's beautiful. Thank you as well. I mean, that's it, it is interesting what's happening in our bodies. But could could one of you please share why would I do that kind of exercise and why would it be important for turn on? Why would we need to have awareness? I mean, I'm not being a teacher here. It's not an exam. It's not <laughs> I could feel my finger, you know, oh, wants to go first. You know, what is this all about? Uh, are you talking about like the context in intimacy and sex or are you talking about the context in general about feeling feeling about bodies i suppose in our our um context here i would like mm -hmm. to take that into the arousal and turn on but obviously yeah. you know if you want to share what what it in the general context meant to you because obviously <laughs> we're not here to you know necessarily turn each other on but you know I'm open to everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I will say it's quite straightforward um, because arousal, intimacy, well, let's say arousal and sex happens in our bodies. That's as straightforward as that, right? Uh, we probably have different fantasies, you know, in our mind, but when really the turn on we see in our body and arousals and actual sex all coming through our body. Our body is a divine and sacred channel and temple for that happen, for that intimacy to happen, for sex to happen. So if we do not feel much into our body and totally coming from our mind to approach turn on, to approach arousal, and very quickly, we will see there's a big gap there. What we think in our mind actually does not match what we feel in our body. And then all the awkward things can happen, right? So, but if we pay attention to our body, and then it's very beautiful that we will have in the initiations or have the yes and no's and know our pace and then know our arousal when it happens and where it's happening, what it's telling us. From our body. Yeah. That's how I will start. <laughs> no, that's 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 good because I was just I was just thinking, you know, while you were speaking, what happens if somebody doesn't feel anything? 
Mm. Yeah. What, what, what's that an indication of? Because you know, I can I can really hear what you're saying about being in our minds, and that's kind of a. Uh, lots of people are saying that I'm in my head when making love or, you know, I'm all the time thinking about, you know, sex. Uh, When I see a a person that I fancy, you know, I'm just immediately thinking about intercourse. So what's happening there if we can't feel our bodies? You know, how Mm -hmm. how is that bridge between your mind? What's the connection with your mind and your body? That's such a great point. I will jump in first and I would love to hear what uh, Francisca will think about it, right? Because it's such a, such a great question and many people ask it. And that's a challenge, a shared challenge. I would say first is it's quite normal when people are asked, hey, pay attention to your body. Regardless, it's just to pay attention to your uh, emotions or feelings or your arousals, right? So Likely, they just don't feel much at the beginning. This is like asking a person who never done yoga or barely did yoga before and to start doing yoga. And you feel like, I don't know what to do. I feel my body cannot stretch or do any posture. Right? It's the same thing. Like our body needs some time to get warmed up and to slow down. And to really feel, oh, we can do that. So feeling nothing at the beginning actually shows, just shows where we are. And then from there, we can give time for us to feel even a little bit. Because this is the trust with our body is we are energetic beings. As long as we are alive, we have energy. As long as we have energy, we can connect to it. It's a matter of, you know, how much we're used to do it, how much we're used to do it. Yeah. So I will be very encouraging. And this is very normal. So first and foremost, it's very normal for people who used to always live in the head, right? Because we just never pay attention to, oh, what my body is telling me? How am I feeling right now? Or do I need to care what am I feeling right now? Oh, what is turn on? You know, I don't have time for that. Oh, those chatters, right? A very, very loud. And when we are not used to live with all those chatters and just quiet down, you know what? You just feel like, oh my God, there's so much silence around me. Actually, that's improvement because you are being with silence. And then next, with practice, you will notice what's coming from your body. Okay. I will I will pause there and I would love to hear what you two have to say. I I love the idea of silence and the energy that you brought in. And I, I will share something later, but Francesca, you know, I was very interested in in hearing when we did that exercise that you said, Oh, I started, you know, and I could see your face, you know, when you started feeling all those energies and you started feeling the the all the bubbles in your in your pussy and whatever, you know. So what was happening there? Just taking your awareness? What was going yes. on? Yes. So um it's awareness and intention. So my intention was actually to feel into my body if I can feel some sensation, some some place that feels good. And then it went straight to my pussy, like I could go straight there. And then with the breath, I am able to bring this 
these sensations into the body and distribute it and feel, you know, like it's also with intention, as you said already, intention and visualization or feeling. So, you know, okay, how can I bring this energy up? I want it to be my whole body so I can feel my whole body vibrate and shiver and everything. So it's, uh, yeah, I do that with my breath, actually. Yeah. And those are all holistic sex tools, aren't they? Intention, you know, being present in your body, using your your breath, using yes. your uh, energy, moving the energy around. So those are all kind of things. Are you basically saying that you can just turn yourself on like that? Yes, but it, it has been a long time, a long way to come here. Huh? It's not like it happened overnight. It's <laughs> It has been a lot of training, as uh, Jean said, Um I was very disconnected from my body. I couldn't feel anything actually. So it, it you know it has been um it has been a long way to really feel the sensation like what do I feel? I didn't feel anything. Like even if I touched myself, I couldn't feel anything. So I I really had to learn it as Jane said. I had to learn to listen to my body because my mind always said, yeah, I want a penetration and I'm turned on, but my body wasn't at all at that stage. So it's very important to listen to your body because, you know, to not harm yourself, actually. And there, there is that kind of harm, isn't there? There is a lot of uh, opportunities to not actually listening to your body and going by whatever the perhaps the the religious or porn or all these different societal conditionings are saying that what sex is and what the turn on should look like and feel like and sound like and all that. And what you both and we all are saying here and the tantric point of view, you actually go inside, you're going in to see what what's happening in your own body rather and actually even into your genitalia. So you're going into your genitals to see and f rather feel what's happening there. So you're going inward rather than going out from your genital to the external world. And there is that kind of intention of, of bringing your whole essence in a way into the lovemaking or into the self-pleasuring or into the turn-on. And if we're talking about turn-on as a, as a way of life, you know, how, you know, I'm really interested again, Jin, you said that, um, are you, are you asking about generally, you know, what is this whole thing about? So could you elaborate a little bit on that? What, what, what came into your mind when you asked that question about generally? Yeah. Okay. So when, when I mentioned that, oh, what's the general sense of turn on life, right? I would say it's about our pleasure and joy in day-to-day -day life. Let's say use the word pleasure, because I truly believe pleasure is a bigger concept than um, than turn on, than orgasm, right? Uh, and uh, pleasure is a bigger concept than, you know, intimacy, than sex, because it's really like uh, pleasure has been misconcepted as, you know, oh, it's only associated with uh, sex or arousal, right? But no. I really see like pleasure is in our day-to-day -day life. It's as simple as what makes you feel good at this moment. So that's the general context is we 
are really conditioned nowadays to see what we can fix and how to move forward, how to solve our problem, right? It's very productivity driven, right? But much less emphasize on how am I feeling right now? What makes me feel good? Is there some something small, very subjective, very subtle, but really make me feel good, right? So with that attention, when we have the attention on things that makes makes us feel good, that's where we can get our nutrition. That's where we can get our satisfaction without having to burn out to grasp a big achievement to make us feel. Uh, you know, satisfied, feel appreciated. I mean, nothing wrong with big achievement. We all have it, right? But really, the satisfactions lives in the day-to-day pleasure moment, lives in the day-to-day, um, you know, what makes me feel good moment. And that especially shows up in relationships, right? Uh, just just reflect your own our own relationships, right? So um, do we cherish attention and presence, right? And that happens on each moment. It's not like attention can be packed in a box and FedEx to me, right? So it's really happening in that moment. And and when we know when that happens and make us feel good. That reminds me that I just read maybe a week ago about something called kisspeptin. And I don't know if you've uh, heard about it, but it's something that is now, it's like a hormone, I believe, which is to turn people on because people basically raise their libido. So we are seeing the big pharma kicking in here. So I'm I'm just kind of, the my passion is to exactly uh, like you said, pleasure is a bigger thing than turn on and sex. It's something that I feel very passionate about. That I the, this whole podcast is about inspiring more pleasure and peace as well. Because when when we are pleasurable and happy, living happy lives, we have more peace in ourselves. So there is that kind of um, uh, mission, if you like, for this podcast to actually inspire people to have more pleasure. And if we can learn like Francesca, that she just brings her intention and she starts feeling turned on in her pussy and she can use her uh, holistic sex tools of movement. Movement is one of them as well. I just saw you move and, and wiggle there and, and spreading the energy around. So there is that where you are where you are intentionally bringing the turn, turn on into whole of your body and you're feeling the energy expanding, you're feeling the breath and the movement, and maybe even sounding. I call you mic. Mic is off. I don't know how you're sounding there. You know how you're sounding pleasurably. You know it's what's what is this? You know if we if we have to give up our sovereignty to big pharmaceutical companies to cash on by giving you know another so-called Viagra to both men and women who who are not having enough enough uh you know turn on in their lives and arousal and feeling pleasurable and wanting to have sex i mean what is this need in the world to have more sex i mean it's a normal thing yes right but you know this kind of thing that it's a medical condition i mean i just you know i can just feel my myself starting to boil here in a bit but just taking it back down to our discussions how can we cultivate more pleasure and turn on in our lives 
and in the loved one's lives. What are your thoughts on that, Francesca? What came to my mind is that we need to learn and listen to our bodies because we are looking for solutions outside. So when we learn again to listen to our body, to to find out what gives us pleasure and trusting ourselves and our bodies, I don't think we would need that anymore. I think we really lost um really we really lost that thing that we like our body tells us everything. Our body tells us when something is not feeling good. My body tells me when I have to take a decision. Like I can feel, oh, no, like contraction. No, that's not good. Or yes, expansion or bubbles. So the invitation here is is really to, um, you know, to learn, to listen to our bodies again, to to be connected to her. Because then we don't need anything else from the exterior. That's what I think right now. <laughs> Thank you. And Jin, what, what do you think? What what's what came up to you about the Kiss Pe- Peptin story and about going uh externally um, looking for for that yeah. stimulus? So at first I do you think in not in every case, but in many, many cases that I have heard of or I directly support my clients with is it's like using medication or using a prescription to deal with arousal or orgasm issues has so much side effect, right? Uh, I would not deny that maybe in some cases it's necessary because I'm not a doctor. I cannot, I would not rule out some cases which they indeed need some assistance with medication. However, in many cases, I have seen they're overused because most of the issues, what we have heard, what I have heard in intimacy and sex or arousal, lack of low libido issues are caused um, not because of physical reasons or not because of hormonal reasons. It's indeed is emotional and body-based blocks. Right, they have emotional blocks they didn't pay attention to. They have old trauma they are not aware of, or they keep ignoring, or they're not connecting with their body with their energy. They do, I mean, it's not their fault. It's not people's fault. I mean, I come from that way too. I used to live in my head all the time. You know, we never learned how to connect with our body in our education system. We never learned what is holistic emotional health, what is emotional safety, what is emotional intimacy in our education system. We never learned that, you know, a female has different arousal, is different than uh, the cycles of female arousal, anatomy of female uh, arousals are different than males. We never learned that. So, of course, the things we we were exposed to was, you know, the 
uh, kind of romanticized relationship, how great it is, but also being left blind how to deal with the real struggles, like libido mismatch, like pain in sex, like the lack of desire, all the things, right? And that cannot be just be resolved by a prescription, especially if they're related to not familiar with arousal and uh, uh, don't know our body, how our body works in terms of turn on and uh, orgasm, uh, and also don't know any information about how our emotional uh, emotional blocks and the past trauma can impact our intimacy relationship. So I would say unless those topics are made public, available, um, have more resource for people to access support on those subjects, only prescription or more medications will not solve the issue, will probably only make it worse because that will limit people's, uh, that will make people misunderstand or have this false impression that, oh, if I get a new drug, if I get a new prescription, my problem can be solved. They may be misled to think like, I don't have to care about my emotions or my body functioning because the pill is so quick, I can just swallow and everything is, is, is you know fixed. But that's not true. I've seen it over and over and over. That's not true. And that's the thing. There is this kind of magic pill delusion that or illusion that we have in the world a lot. And I I um really would like to elaborate what you what you mentioned there about the different turn-ons of different bodies. And we we truly in this podcast want to make this as inclusive as possible for all types of bodies. But there is this understanding, especially you know in the Taoistic tradition of Tantra, that there is polarities and polarities attract each other. And we have different magnetic poles that will kind of uh, be whole together. But we can also create that same circuit within our bodies as well and to to feel more whole on our, on ourselves, to have those pleasure circuits. And one of the things that I'm really curious because I, I do this um, monthly live Instagram Q&As and one of the questions that I had was that how can I make my partner to want more sex with me? And that was a, that was a, a huge question to me because, you know, you can imagine what goes in in my head. I wonder what goes in your head and your body. But it's that kind of make, you know, that there is this kind of uh, understanding that we need to be the same and our, uh, this is a heterosexual um, uh, couple. And it was a man who asked this question. And there is a, there. I've I've done several interviews about the whole thing about whether men has more sex drive or less sex drive or think more sex than women or not. And we're kind of learning now that it's not so clear cut and you can't do it as a, as a black and white thing. But there is this kind of, um, ex you know, um, what's the word in English? You know, the expectation that you you need to have as much 
sex as possible. And this is something that uh, I want. So therefore, my partner needs to to have it as well. So there, there is some, um, I would really like to take this into this magnetic pole discussion, because there is, for instance, Francisca, you, you shared in the episode before, how for nearly seven years, you've been doing tantric massage, which is really quite intimate massage, including penis and pussy massage with other people. And it's not really about necessarily turning on and and it's definitely not kind of going into into the intercourse but how does that go with the, with the whole polarity idea and what if there is a there is a kind of um, we have different energies anyway you know as female and male bodies but there are also different uh, energy levels as well, where there might be more yin in one body and more yang in another. Would you like to comment on that, or shall we ask Jin Jin first? Jin, would you elaborate a little bit on that uh, arousal of feminine and, and and male bodies, and how how that can how can we look at it on the tantric Taoistic tradition lens? where we have that yin and yang. If people don't understand what they are, maybe you can define it a little bit first. Okay, I will try. <laughs> I'll do my best, right? And this is such an in-depth topic. I By no means I can even give a brief summary in a few minutes, even, even if I try, right? But I will, uh, I will share something which I really see it's a common, um, it's a common, situations for uh, people I have supported, right, among my clients and people I have spoken to. So uh, I would say yin and yang energy, it's not really just associated with our genders. It really, we can find it, it's, it's a form of energy we can really find in every part of um any i would say people however they identify the uh the identity you know or uh orientations right um it's uh non-binary and female male and regardless your you know your sexual orientation is so this is how i describe it right without confusing yin and yang with uh our sex Ident- uh, identity is um, young energy is more like a arrow. It's very pointing from A to B. It's very direct. It's very targeted. It's like a doing and execution. Very focused. And in energy is more like a circle, like a circle. And uh, you can close it and expand it with a lot of flexibility. And it's quite inclusive. In that way, it's not. It doesn't have a clear starting point. Doesn't have a clear ending point. So this is a different attributes. We can see that in pretty much in all of us, right? Uh, it's just uh, about the percentage. Some people have a higher percentage of this very targeted, focused uh, way of doing and thinking and being, and some people have a more percentage of the in- inclusion feeling expansive and flowy energy, right? Uh, So when a couple together, right? um, If one partner thinks, oh, how I want my, how I can let my partner once have sex with me more, 
right? I will say the first thing I will ask, uh, how's your interaction outside of sex? How's your interaction outside of bedroom? Well, I say interaction is more about your connection, your presence to each other. Because in Tantra and in Taoism, uh, no matter what terms they use, but I see, I see there are a lot of uh, principles that are shared, is you are your best lover, period. Right? Because for we start playing with our body, uh, you know, like early age, and then no matter what partners we are with, we always be with our body, right? The, the thing is, if your partner is not spending much time to become their best lover, their own best lover, there's less likely your partner will have a good intimacy and sex or libido with, with, with you. Right. Uh, I'm not saying uh, like this is the only reason. Of course, there are other reasons Im impact all this uh, libido, uh, you know, situation, for example, stress, for example, lack of sleep, especially for new parents. Right. Or uh, or menopause. Right. So those are very valid reasons. But I'm, I'm now I'm talking about. Putting that aside. On a day to day interaction. You know, I would say the question I will be prompt them to think is, how is your partner connect with her or or his or their body, right? And uh, how are they having pleasure for themselves on a day to day life? And how are your guys' connection outside of sexual connection? How's the intimacy is do going? outside of the sex contact. So I think that uh, has a lot to do with the Tantra and Taoism philosophy is presence is a turn on. Attention is a turn on. Like for, for, for anyone who is listening, just imagine, right, your, your partner, your current partner or partner had in the past, if you're single right now, right? Just imagine someone or an ideal lover you have in mind. Imagine someone is putting all their attention on you without saying anything, with any intention for you to change who you are, just appreciating who you are. And you can you hold eye gazing with this person? And you can do it in your, imag in your imagination. If you have someone around you happens to be your lover, great. Just do that practice. And I have seen over and over that simple practice, how that has transformed people's connection. No words. Because we're all connecting through our body, our full presence. Yeah, when we see like, oh, can, can connecting with our body, what does it mean, right? Uh, do I need to move here? Do you do some movement? Do I have to touch somewhere? No. Your attention is your most important assets in a relationship. So that's how I will answer this question <laughs> for now. I'm I'm just mesmerized by the way you you share all this wisdom. So thank you so much for that. And I I can very much relate to that because there is a there is a there is 
I remember this particular uh, couple who were really quite shocked, a heterosexual couple, where they were really quite shocked that actually the woman's genitalia needs so it's more yin and she was very much coming from that more as you said circular energy for more flowing more surrendering energy and she just needed so much more time to to really get turned on and i think that's one of the things that often especially when we're talking about porn can twist things where they they are portraying sex very as, as you, you know, you can just come in two minutes as a woman and actually there is hardly no foreplay. There is no kind of connection and intimacy and being present in the moment, but it comes from outside. This is how I should look like. This is how I should, I, I should you know, be vocalizing. You know, there is a, so, there's so much wisdom in that where we don't actually know, going back to the sex education, we never have been taught that there is more that directed outgoing energy in men's genitalia as such but then when we come to the heart space it's the opposite so the women's hearts can be more yang and our breasts are more yang as well so to be able to actually get aroused women often need to go through the breast you know fondling the breasts and and connecting opening the heart which then has a direct energetic link to to the um uh, genital area and with men, it's the the opposite. You know, their hearts can be quite much more yin, where they are more kind of waiting. They need more coaxing, more more foreplay to open their hearts in a way. So there is that kind of a circuit of. Well, I suppose we will cover this later on in in later episodes as well. How do we work with the energy and that half circuit of a of a female body and half circuit of the male body? But it's also regardless what kind of um, body and just like you said Jean, you know the identity or the orientation it doesn't matter because we're not talking about female bodies as such being always yin and feminine energy and male bodies always being masculine and, and yang energy so so there is that kind of uh, beauty in understanding that the bodies are different in that sense that there, there might be some time to to go actually slower and start the foreplay from the previous intercourse or the pre previous intimate situation but again there can be things that happen quite quickly and i wonder francisca would you like to share anything on on what's been discussed now or or what what turns you on i'd be really curious to know what kind of turn on <laughs> would be the ideal for you if you care to share you don't have to yeah, sure. Um, I just want to say when um, when uh, Jean said that uh, you know body and menopause and uh, children and everything, so I'm in menopause. So I was very sexual and I was turned on really quickly and went straight to penetration because my pussy was ready. But this is not the case anymore. So in menopause, I I have to. I'm discovering what is it really that turns me on. So it's all about exploration. And it's not very focused on, you know, if there is penetration, it can be nice, but that's not the goal anymore. It's really about how much pleasure can I feel in my body? 
How much can I arouse my body? How much can I make her shiver? So it's, uh, I just love exploring, you know, like with all kinds of stuff, with feathers or with ice cubes and uh, like really <laughs> with uh, handcuffs and um, like a lot of stuff. So, okay. And where do I want to get touched? How? Like when in Tantra, what we learned also is um, touching with the five elements. So maybe the fire, you you know, your your touch is more, is more. Um, how you say that? It, it's 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 grabbing. It's 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 yang actually because you have a direction and you go for it. And then there is air. You just go over it. You hover over it. And you okay, how does that feel? Then there is the ether. You don't even touch, and that's like my favorite. That just makes my sh- my body start vibrating because you don't even have to touch me you know and then there is um what else earth is very uh it's also very down to earth actually (laughs) it's kind of heavy and then what else do we have the air did i say air already earth and water 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 is is kind of ying so it's using the elements from from tantra and tantric massage you can find out what you like. Do you like being touched like hard or soft or don't you want to be touched at all? And then where also? And I think that's so nice to go on an exploration without having a goal and feeling so much, you know, turn on. And then like your body reacts, your body shows you, okay, I like that. Oh, can you try somewhere else? Or I can do it for myself. You know, as Jean said, you have to become also you and you have to become your best lover you have to know you have to get to know your body so you can also tell your partner what you like yes 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 so there is that intention of the of the learning about your own body but also uh, as you said you know there is no expectation of an orgasm or intercourse that it's like an exploration and i suppose question from both of you you know the answer to the question that was asked from me is really much about exploration isn't it it's it's learning what works for you and for your partner rather than having these preconceived ideas and having this kind of um, whatever sexual imprint the the world has given us and actually going in and going, what feels good to me right now? What's what's today? Because also it it shifts and changes for me as, you know, at least it's kind of one day I can be you know, quite sexual. Another day I can have an orgasm from thousands of miles away from somebody that thinks about me that way. And it's it's really energetic. It's just really mind-blowing how you can have an energy, uh, energetic turn on, or it's it can be more sensual, more, more watery perhaps. I don't know if that's the right connection to make, watery and, and sensuality and more kind of um, surrendering. So there, there are different ways of looking at arousal. It's not just, at least for me, in my body. And I suppose when I coach uh, people, I would always encourage them to have the exploration, the adventure into their own bodies and then to the other body and see and communicate how, why, where, and what, what, what is going on. And I think that's the that's the beauty of the tantra that is so inclusive and it's so uh, diverse to me. And that's the arousal of of living the way you want and being able to just 
play have that have that innocence and playfulness as well and and exploration and uh, and having that honoring and and wisdom of the body and the sacredness of the body what would be yes go on yeah i think what is really important is that when you have when you want to make love or you want to have a you know enjoy yourself like don't take yourself too serious like you know bring back that that childish that curiosity from your when you were a child where you, when and like okay like imagine you have never met your body it's the first time you can actually touch your body or your partner's body it's like oh my god what is this so i think it's really um important to yeah to have fun with it to to be joyful and you know have a laugh you know okay no this doesn't work at all so laugh about it it's it's not a problem yeah <laughs> hashtag sexy <is> serious <laughs> not absolutely <laughs> totally i totally agree yeah so jin how would you uh, advise people to have apart from learning what's uh, what's in their bodies and and going internally how can you make somebody want to have sex with you oh oh uh, i mean how to if i understand correctly is how to want let my partner want to have sex with me yeah will you just give them viagra or pill of kiss peptin we already learned that maybe not but you know this question going back to this question that uh somebody asked how can i make my partner want to have more sex with me or make love uh, to me okay so i i will i will just extend from what uh from seska was saying i because it's an excellent point and uh, something to do with with that too like on that stream is um i will say like a create create more intimate contact and experiment activities um and and for example uh, i call it uh like a sex lab or sex experiment right uh which means find something you both want to try it could be uh, like a massage a full body massage or you know uh something different something more sensual like massage my scalp uh you know it just depends on how you gonna try it right so and then you're going to take terms to give to each other right and the beauty of that is you know when it's a starting time or when it's ending time and you know that it's an in- intimate experiment right there's not much a pressure about we have to actually I first advise people is if you take sex out of the equation just for that experimental time just focus on pleasure and arousal building but just take the penetration let's say half an hour if you set up it as, as experimental time right it's not foreplay it's different than foreplay right because a traditional concept of foreplay is we're preparing to have penetration right so but this you get to define that oh for this half an hour let's have intimate play time and you're going to decide what you're going to play with 
right? It could be a different sensation you want to try. It could be a full body massage. It could be like read a erotica to me, right? So anything goes just for that half an hour. And then the rule is you're not going to have penetration or any sex in that half an hour. You will see, actually, it's pretty good tease. And then after that, you're going to close the container. Half an hour is done. We had our experiment. And now you're going to check in. Hey, you know, you, you can feel. You, sometimes you don't even have to ask. You can feel. Or you can, of course, you can ask, like, what's next? What are you in the mood for? Maybe the arousal is already high. You're in the mood for sex. Or if it's not directly in the mood for sex, I would encourage the partner who is more eager to have sex, you know, keep keep your curiosity on and really find out what is stopping us having sex. This conversation might be easier and more open after you have an intimate time together. Because that's really soften our body, soften our thinking mind, right? Just, oh, quiet down our thinking mind and said, okay, so I understand. Like the partner could say like, yeah, you see, I very much would like to have sex with you now. That's really honoring your own needs. Let's say I'm the party who want to have sex more often, right? And then I can ask my partner like, hey, you know, I just really enjoying the time with you. And I would very much to want to be more intimate or be sexual, right? And I want to know if your body is ready. How do you feel? If the body is ready, excellent, right? If your partner is ready, excellent. But if not, don't get offended. Really use this as an opportunity to find out what the block is. Because... If you do not find out what the real blocks is, you are not going to make progress in your sex life. So, so does it come back to communication again? You know, how yes. much do we have to be in our heads? You know, if we if we in the beginning yeah. we said come out of your head and come to your body, but then right. of course you do need to have the communications and. But Mm -hmm. only after you know what feels good to you and if your body is ready and what are the things that puts brakes on your turn on and what are the things that accelerate you more like Francisco was sharing earlier that there there were all those, you know, different ways of, you know, teasing, you know, whether it's an ice cube or a feather or, you know, I suppose it goes on touch as well. What kind of touch do we like? Yes, absolutely. So I, uh, you summarize very well, but I also want to clarify, like this is, this, I would say what I just suggested is, is different than just keep talking, right? Uh, the first step is actually keep moving. Moving means bring in touch, bring body contact, bring experimental experience in intimacy, right? Uh, let's not stay on the talking level because if we keep talking, we're always communicating with our mind right? That's only be very limited. But after we bring our body into the experiment and uh, to add more intimacy and more connection time, and then we will check, oh, if that's it, 
if that's actually all we need to bring the arousal up, great, you know, or what else is there? And that might be a better time to actually communicate, right? Uh, I've seen a lot of people who, you know, when I ask them, like the couples that support, right? I ask them, like, we have we have good communication. We have tried a lot. I said, what have you tried? We're just talking, right? We're really good at talking our issues. I said, okay, so we're not going to keep talking our issues for now. We're going to get into your body. <laughs> You're going to find out what each other likes outside of penetration, right? It will surprise you how much things you can discover and add to your sex life, <laughs> you know, so that you remove the burden of having penetration. Ultimately, if you like it, you will have it, right? But it's not the only goal you have. That's quite important, actually, what you raised there, because there there is this expectation, like with this question as well, you know, how can I make my my partner to have more sex with me? It is that there is that expectation. And also for so many thousands of years, female bodies especially have been learning that there is this condition uh, conditioning that when when a man when when my husband or partner you know touches me you know okay oh okay he's like somebody I did a workshop um, uh, in December and 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 one of the women said I know always when my husband wants to have sex with me because he starts touching my hair and you can just feel okay so what does that you know if if there is that kind of oh i'm tired or you know whatever or i know where this is going to lead there can be a it can actually be a break but the man doesn't necessarily understand he's just kind of oh i can notice this beautiful hair you know and i really want to caress her but but we we kind of lack tools and processes how do what what do we do next and this whole, both of you have said so beautifully that there is if we can release that expectation, if we can release the outcome that, okay, this is penetration sex or making love means intercourse and it means that arousal, you know, the climax and then rest and relaxation. I suppose this is a really important um, kind of a bridge to the next topics that we are going to cover in 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 the near future, which is about what is an orgasm. and And it kind of comes from this. We first have to understand what kind of smurgos board you know what kind of a you know buffet table arousal is you know that you can pick and choose and you can explore different ideas and you can look at you know could this work for me you know or shall I be a bit experimental and and actually also to have boundaries that this definitely is something I don't go down with you know this is not something that is okay with me and perhaps the discussion could be about that, that, you know, one day, you know, when when there is no kind of, um, you know, you can keep the communication separate. You can ask, you know, each other, what are the different things that you would be willing to explore or definitely not to explore? Or what are the things that you definitely want but are not getting in, in this relationship? And then see where you can meet, you know, in between and how you can give each other what 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 are the kind of nom common nominators where you can come together to 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 keep that light that arousal and that flame going because you know we all have hormones we have children we have you know menopause we can have periods as women and so on so there are financial worries work pressures and stress in lives 
But how do we then, when we are in a relationship, to keep that flame alive? What can, what else can we do, and how can we really honor the other person whilst we're honoring our own body, so it doesn't um, come into this uh, this situation where we we kind of oh no, he wants sex tonight, you know. He's caressing my my hair, or maybe that's a preparation. That's a cue. Okay, let's get ready now. You know, I know what fun is going to happen now. So it can be anything in between. So how do we, you know, when when we know the mystery disappears in a relationship? Let's take this into the relationship level next. You know, how do you keep that arousal going when you have all those external factors, hormonal factors? And you still want to have a vibrant sex life. And what what are the things you would suggest for people to actually keep that vibrancy alive in a relationship that might be 10, 15, maybe even 30 years? And there isn't anything except that expectation. Oh, there's a long, long <laughs> pause there. You know, nobody volunteers. That is a good <laughs> oh, question. Does that, does that... <laughs> that is a very good question. Yeah, a bit contracting. I think it's it's not it's not so easy. It's not so easy to keep that fire in a relationship. Hmm. I have to take a minute to think about that actually. In. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, this is if we if we I had an answer to is, this, you know, we. I, I think that topic deserves an, a whole episode. <laughs> deserves a whole episode for sure. Yes. Yes. And again, you know, it it can be tempting to come come up with a single golden bullet answer, but I I think there's a there's so much wisdom in this episode already where we are looking at yeah. first of all what is pleasurable to me, what is a turn on for me internally you know not kind of you know what's what um, the external world is doing and then communicating that and also that there, there are all those holistic sex tools we've covered already you know the breath the intention the focus the presence the energy the movement all these things yeah i will actually get back to the basic right so there are two i would say there are two things i saw come up often uh, in terms of troubleshooting. Troubleshooting means like if people are in a long-term relationship and they have good intimacy, unlikely I will have the chance to meet them, right? So <laughs> in my business. So uh, I know my my sample is, is kind of biased because most of the people I spoke to or come to me is, uh, you know, I, I mean, couple uh, clients is they are in a long-term relationship. They love each other, but their sex life is kind of like, uh, reached a plateau or die, right? So um, I would say the two things is get back to the basic means um, one to give each other permission to explore the body because our body changes. Especially it's uh, if one partner expect to have the same sex, same type of sex, which the person is not bored of, you know, if, uh, like they met at the beginning to keep the same way, that's probably doesn't work for another partner right? because our body changes, right? Our hormone changes. 
And it's really hard. Even it's really hard to tell from any exam because any our, our physical exam basically is telling us if our if our organs, our body is functioning. They do not evaluate from the sexual arousal perspective, right? Right? Just say, okay, all checked. You know, all the measures is great. You know, no diabetes, no, you know, no cancer whatsoever, right? But it, the report doesn't tell you like, you know, is, is, your, is your is your what impacts your libido unless you check specific, you know, blood work. Anyhow, so my point is take time to really reconnect with our body and also give each other permission to do that, right? And uh, every every couple could have different boundaries. I would say that's to be determined. Some may be more open, like, oh, you know, we can maybe go to some party together, right? Or we can work with a sex coach and, and guide us what to do uh, for each other and for ourselves, right? Or some will, will take some retreat or, you know, or read book together. I mean, there's so many ways. But I think no matter what way you choose, the most important thing is to give each other permission to do that and acknowledge we can evaluate it. We can reevaluate our body and our sex and intimacy at this stage. We're not supposed, we're not assume like everything will be the same like 20 years ago, like 10 years ago, like five years ago. Right? That's very important. Well, I Even certainly to have hope that so. understanding. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the 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 sex and sexual relationship is not going to be like when when it when it first started because you know the whole thing about I think I feel very strongly about is that there it's an evolution. It's it's something that we take ourselves and our, our relationships into a journey where we are looking at different ways of having fun and pleasure together and and learning about our bodies and bring more consciousness to it because like we started in the beginning you know it was all about bringing consciousness with that process into your own body and and feeling what kind of sensations there are what, how can we increase more blood flow how can we increase by just our mind because I, even though we've been saying that you know don't go into the mind and don't just keep talking 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 but actually, when you bring your mind or mindfulness into your genital area, you can start building that fire, like Francisco was saying earlier on. You know, there, there starts that kind of turn on bubbling up and it can start, you know, going up to the heart and to the love and, and even to the consciousness, to the head. So there are ways we can actually do that. Was there another thing you wanted to 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 say, say about the basics, Jin? Um, well, the basic is, is get back to the sexual communication is, um, um, actually, uh, it's surprising to me, like even some people were together for a long time, let's say five years and 10 years or even longer, uh, they kind of relied on the unspoken language. For example, use, I uh, like use what you just shared, like, oh, when, when my husband is approaching my hair or touching my hair in a certain way, then I kind of know he wants to have sex, right? So we kind of like take, like we taking all those unspoken words and body languages and create a pathway. And so if someone do this, and that means, uh, you know, they just want that, right? So to clear our body language and also our verbal language for sexual communication and learn a new way. New way means more clear, more open, and more inviting, 
and with more permission and with, with more curiosity to provide the safety for each other to explore, right? So um, that's, I feel that's, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. It's underestimated because when people who stay together for a long time, they kind of feel like, oh, I already know everything my partner is going to say, even without them speaking, right? I know exactly what they're going to say. I know exactly their move going to be, right, in bed. <laughs> you know, when all this on our mind space uh, is occupied by all those assumptions and uh, default patterns, we really have very little space for new new things to come. And that's what you want for long-term relationship couples. You want to have new things. You want to have variety, okay? Otherwise, you know, you feel it's bored. It's boring, right? You know, to want new things to come, the first thing is to empty your tank. It's just get rid of some of the assumptions and, you know, some old ways of doing things. Not overnight, but gradually, right? So that you can open up for for new varieties uh, yeah. to come and to spice up. That's that's what I come to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, I think I think that's that's really wonderful. I think uh that's beautiful last words for this episode to to end on that, except Francesca. What would you say? It's it's again curiosity, exploration. Because as Jane said, it's it's a lot of times we do the same thing. We know what the partner likes, what she doesn't like, what he doesn't like. So you cannot you cannot like keep the fire burning if if there is not no wind, you know? You have to bring in new wind. So yeah, stay curious. Like, okay, let's explore something else. Maybe even a role play or something, you know? Like uh, the handyman is ringing at the doorbell. It's your husband and you open. It's like, oh my God, something like this. Just, you know, let's be kids, you know? Just be yeah, be curious and go on an exploration with your bodies and and, and share your, your fantasies and what would you like to try and, and stay curious. I think that's really important. 